Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans. Week 14's in the book. There's four weeks left. In the season, Mike Evans, four weeks left in the season. Man, where, where has the season gone? I mean, we got so much to talk about here today, so uh, can't wait to. Uh... So, let me just, why we're before we get started, like you know that I called a game in Chicago yesterday. It was chilly, you know, it's cold. Booth is open, and uh, you know, I got right back on a plane and flew here, and then I came home. And watch the Broncos game so we could prepare our radio show today. And I didn't get to see Sunday night have anything go on with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, oh, they, is there you hot? How are the how are the Eagles doing right now? You hot snot. You Ooh, is it? You hot snot. Are the Philadelphia you. Eagles the worst ten win team in the history of football? Should we do some? Should we do some background here to explain what this is all about? <laughs> I'm just waiting for their flagship station. To uh, rip and clip some, uh, you know, fake headlines and uh, besmirch me some more. How about it? What What's the beef here? What's going I on? I don't have any beef. I'm just, uh, you know, I just. Feeling your oats a little bit? I've told you this before. This is my philosophy on life. I am a really good loser, but I am a dick when it comes to winning. And I feel like I'm winning right now. So, up yours. That's it. All right. Well, let let's let's start right there. Uh, what's wrong with the wow. Eagles? Last two weeks, losing to San Francisco. Good and thing Dallas. that game was back. Actually, the good thing that game was in Philadelphia. Otherwise, they really got their ass kicked. <laughs> Holy Jeez. Moses! I mean, San Francisco just. You want to talk about kicking a dude when he's down? All right, so that's last the two old, weeks. That's the old. Remember the old comic books that had the, uh, you know, the 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 story in the background, the like the the Atlas thing, you know, and he kicks in in the nerd's face, and then the nerd went in and lifted and got all big. The the problem is the nerd's not lifting right now. They well, need to get the nerd in the weight room. Well, the nerds have been outscored seventy five to thirty two last wow. two weeks. Wow. So what's wrong in Philly? Well, I mean, I like. Your guess is as good as mine. Defensively, I mean, I watched this thing defensively in the last however many quarters. It was like touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, you know, uh, kneel kneel down. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable what they have gone through. So defensively, they're not stopping people. They're giving up third down conversions. 
Um, they're creating or they're giving up the ball on fumbles. They, they had a couple of fumbles uh, against the Cowboys yesterday. And, you know, the Cowboys offensive line matched up pretty well with the Eagles, your big defensive front. And, and I thought they smashed them a little bit. So, yeah, a lot of the turnover issues. That, that team is just does not feel completely connected right now. And, you know, I did. I did fly, so I went through and, and tried to catch as much of that game as I could. Um, this morning I went through some of it. But uh, turnovers and giving up big plays. And um, I, I tell you what, um, I don't know that they've been exposed, but when they've played really solid teams that aren't afraid that can match them with physicality, well, they've gotten pushed around. And they got pushed around in that game. Yeah, the, the, the Dallas loss it, it wouldn't bother me as much because you've said this before as a player, that sometimes, especially on the road, you walk into a mm. situation where you're like, I do believe we're going to get our ass kicked tonight. Because right. just you can just sense that the emotion of the yeah, team been you're, there. you're playing. Yeah, sure. But that, that San Francisco loss is still the one that kind of carries the stench, right? Well, the Dallas one's kind of forgivable. Yeah, the San Francisco one was a big matchup, and San Francisco just, I mean, literally – beat you down I mean they physically wore you out that's the thing that concerns me more than anything else Mike is this was a football team going back to last year that I always told you like how do you want us to beat you because we can out finesse you we can out physical you in the run game we can go straight downhill we can go gap scheme we can go duo we can go wide zone we can pin and pull and we're athletic enough to get to the edge we'll just beat you any way we want and not only running the football, but also the quarterback run stuff. And, you know, I, I will tell you this. It's really hard. You lose a Super Bowl. They always talk about that Super Bowl, right, the Super Bowl hangover. But, you know, you think about what you lost. You lost Jonathan Gannon, your defensive coordinator, who everybody in Philly hated, right? Like, how do you how do you feel about Jonathan Gannon now? Would you like him back now? Because defensively, you haven't been very good. And then you also lost Shane Steichen. And one thing about Shane Steichen, who is now the Indianapolis Colts head coach, and this goes all the way back to his time in in L.A. with the Chargers, and I think he, I think he was there for a year, maybe the rookie year um, <clears throat> of, I think he was a quarterback coach, but he was there for, I, I believe, the rookie year of Justin Herbert, when Justin Herbert did all kinds of unbelievable things. I think I'm right on that. I, I could be wrong. I'm not going to spend the time to research it. Um, that's up to you guys. <laughs> um, but the thing I've always thought about Shane Steichen, and, and really one of the things that he impressed me with was his ability to take a complex concept and make it really simple for his quarterback. And to say, hey, you know, here's here's what we're going to run. This is the concept. This is the dude we're trying to put into conflict. And all you got to do is read the dude, right? I mean, if he if he's leveraged wide, throw it inside. If he's leveraged inside, throw it outside. If he's leveraged short, throw it deep. If he's leveraged deep, throw it short. You know, it's it's that he 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 seems to have a way to make it as simple as that. Hey, if you get single high safety, we got access to the outside. You got two high safeties, we got access in the middle. And, like, take this quarterback and take this complex route combination and say, here's what we're going to do based upon, you know, the look we get. And you lose two coordinators that have that connection with the football team, two new guys come in, and, you know, you can 
I mean, everything's going to be tweaked. There's going to be certain nuances to each and every play that are different. And certainly for the Philadelphia Eagles, it, it, it feels, it just feels different. Well, that's Philly's issue right now. Let's not go too deep into this without giving uh, Dallas their due. In fact, Jerry Jones says this win shows that Dak Prescott deserves his due. Yeah. I've always does he, he or does he still no he still has always, a lot left to prove. No, I've always liked Dak Prescott. I like Dak Prescott in the regular season, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys in the regular season, they they got nothing to prove. They're gonna have to do something in the playoffs. That that's really I mean, come on. It's for the Cowboys, it's NFC championship or bust. Isn't that in that Yes. It it yes. is. And so this whole season and that game last night to Philadelphia, what a, like, Hey, I think Dak Prescott, and you know, I've always been a Dak Prescott guy, right? I've just always felt like he plays with this old soul. I've always felt like he's been very good. Um, but there have been critical moment issues that like they have fallen apart as a football team and he hasn't played his best at the quarterback position. Like we always want our quarterback hey, to manage the game first and second down and then win games on third downs win games in critical situations, win games in the red zone, make plays where plays have to be made. And like regular season-wise, the Cowboys are a real talented football team. But in those playoff moments, we just haven't seen enough of that from Dak Prescott. Does, is he over? I don't know if he's over the hump. I don't know if this, if this you know, gives him the confidence that he needs to go on and, and do those things. But the Cowboys, the Cowboys are in a – championship or bust window they've got to get to the nfc championship otherwise i think their season is for not does does <clears throat> home field matter more for dallas than philadelphia or san francisco do you get the sense that we know san francisco can travel right philadelphia if they're right i think their game travels yeah but with dallas do you get the sense that home field matters more to them than the other teams, other top teams in the NFC? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I just, from the standpoint of comfort, from the standpoint of surroundings, from the standpoint of not having to deal with all the elements and also, you know, the elements of not only the field conditions and all those things like you would get in San Francisco, but the elements of the opposing crowd. Yeah, it, it feels like, it feels like Dallas and home field advantage matters more to them. And and part of that is just because I, I think it's just their past history and the fact that, you know, we all think they're kind of soft. Well, you do. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. And you've been saying that since the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm not saying soft, like physically. I'm saying yeah. mentally, are they, yeah. you know, can they overcome potential disaster? Uh, and, and, in every game, you have those you have those momentum moments, and you have those swings, um, and it and it really comes down to how do you handle those things, and can you stay calm, and can you can you press through those things when they happen to you? So your updated mm. NFC power rankings at the top, who you got? Um, San Fran is number one. Mm-hmm. Then it would go Dallas, number two. Big margin, not so. Big margin, not, the not a huge margin, no. I and then I think you drop down a couple notches, and you got to go. You got to go Philly. You got to go. Wow, you got to go Philly. You have to go uh, <clears throat> Detroit, although they're, mm. yeah. I mean, but Philly and Detroit right now are both 
They're both scrambling. Is there anybody in the wild card race that I think, you know, oh, I'm telling you what. Yeah, go here's, ahead. Here's the crazy thing. Go ahead. Talk about them. I know where you're going. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers right now. So I'm talking to, I'm on the sideline uh, pregame before before uh, Detroit and, and Chicago that I called yesterday. And I'm talking to a, a defensive coach of Detroit. Lions and you know we start talking about Green Bay and he says, "Listen, man, Green Bay is a good team. Green Bay is a like they they are they are coming on." And he goes, "And it's not even just Green Bay; it's that quarterback." And he goes, "Jordan Love is slinging it." He goes, "They whipped our butts on Thanksgiving Day, and um, we had them covered because we had them covered. He threw some balls." that were like perfect placement balls. There's nothing, guys, completely covered. It's a window that you would say, don't throw it in here. And he threw it in. And he they and they made those contested catch plays. And so, yeah, he's like, that That quarterback is playing right now the way he's playing. He's playing at an elite level. We'll see him Monday night. But he's playing at an elite level at the quarterback position. And so don't look now, but there's two divisions. There's two divisions right now that – here toward the end of the year, those last four games could swing. You could see Green Bay catching Detroit. Oof. And they've already played them twice, right? Okay. So they're not going to play head-to-head. So, But they split. But I think right now, depending on how tonight goes, yeah. if the Green Bay Packers win, it'll be a two-game swing or it'll be a two-game, you know, in the last four games. And then AFC West... The Kansas City Chiefs have a one-game lead on the Broncos right now. Yep. And the Broncos the Broncos know the formula. It's can you execute the game plan to stick with the formula? But they know the formula. They know their identity. They know who they are. Yeah. And they play to run the football, even if we're only getting three yards carry, run the football, run the football, run the football, throw the screens and the dump-offs to the backs, the underneath throws, and then set up your – your play pass, play action, where you got seven guys in protection, eight guys in protection, you're running two-man routes, and take a few deep shots to see if you can convert. It's And if you're on schedule, meaning if first and second down, you got, you know, three and three, and you're in third down and four minus, you're in third and three, and, and you've got the duality, you've got the ability to say, hey, we could run it here, we could throw it here, we can run our play action, we can run our boot keep game, we can run our waggle, get our quarterback outside where he's got a run pass option. Like, if you're in that situation, you can adhere to that game plan. And what it ends up doing is eventually you have a, you know, at the end of the game, you got a 35-minute to 25-minute time of possession, like a 10-minute time of possession advantage. And what happens to you, and I've been on the sideline, Mike, you start going, okay, wait a minute, now how many, like how many more possessions are we going to get? And then you start going, well, we gotta like we're not gonna get that many more possessions. We've got to score on every possession. So then you get out of, you know, you get out of playing sound football. You quit running the ball, you drop back more, you give more opportunity to blitz, your receiver that catches the ball, you fight for an extra two or three yards. That gives the defense an opportunity to get more hands in there on the football and try to rip one out. Like it it lends itself to you winning the turnover battle. So They've got a formula, and they can they can operate in that formula. Well, you'll have to forgive 
Chief fan because they're probably not really thinking about the, the, the Broncos right now. They're probably a little bit too concerned with the idea that the NFL is out to get them. Oh, my gosh. All boy. right, where do you come down on the whole Kadarius oh, Tony? Poor Chief fan. Controversy. Controversy. Um, don't line up offsides. Ah, okay. Ask for help. Hey, listen, is it a ticky-tack foul? Yep. It is. Did you benefit from a ticky-tack foul at the Super Bowl when they called holding? <laughs> too soon. Is that too soon? Too soon. Yeah, you benefited from that, right? That yeah. wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Is it ticky-tack? Yep, it is. And I, for one, am here for it because I can't stand the Chiefs. So it makes me happy. I'm glad they got called. By the way, I mean, you could have called you could have called illegal formation every play. Their right tackle is never. And you don't have to be all the way on the ball, but your helmet is supposed to break the plane of the belt line of the center, the hip of the center. I mean, he the, he's literally that far in a legal formation. I know when you, you're given a little leeway if you're not in a three-point stance, you're in a two-point stance and all that stuff, Mike, but the bottom line is they could call ticky-tack fouls all day long. And, you know, Andy Reid crying about not getting a warning. and de- Like, quit crying. Quit crying. The run is over. Chiefs dynasty oh, is geez. done. Not yet. The Chiefs Not dynasty yet. is done. Not done yet. So basically what you're saying is, to Chief fan, yeah, you got screwed. It was a ticky-tack call, but shame on you for complaining about it, seeing as how much you've benefited from favorable calls over the last few years. That basically your yeah, message? Yeah, yeah. And Kadarius yeah. Tony, I mean, Kadarius Tony right now, He's got the drop in game one against Detroit that turned into an interception by Brian Branch for pick six. And now you've got this that eliminated that. Touch. You've given the other team a touchdown and you've eliminated <laughs> one of your own touchdowns. At some point, you got to move on from Kadarius Tony. I mean, all that talent, all that talent. What is it? What was the uh, what was the quote from uh, um, the baseball movie? Uh, Durham. Bull Durham. Burl Durham. You know, a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent head? Yep. 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 Well, there you go. That's him. It was a hell of a play, though. It was a great play. Great play. It was a great play. That that That's next-level field awareness, isn't it? Right. By Kelsey. By the way, I loved I loved the fact that uh, they were complaining about, like Patrick Mahomes was complaining about, uh, NFL took away one of the great plays we've ever seen. You know, I love – he goes, well, we're here. The fans want to see these great plays. And we took that great play away. And I saw it. It was great. It was, it was a great play. Freaking phenomenal. Awesome play. I mean, you were off sides, but yeah, it was phenomenal. Wait, look, at, I have not been deprived of watching that great play. <laughs> that great play happened. It'll I saw it. it. Yeah, I, lo- I loved it. I loved the, it. You know what? That for me was winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. That was like, it, I saw the great play yeah. and the Chiefs got a touchdown. <laughs> take it off the board. Two things happened. This is. Yeah. You just, every week, you just, I, I know you don't, well, maybe you do mean to do it, but you just, you just alienate and piss off a whole new fan base every single week. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's what I do. Yeah. Do you think it's time for Travis Kelsey? Eagle fans, I'm at it, Mark Schlereth. Chief fans, hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, do you think it's time for, tra- for the, the betterment of this team? Shouldn't Travis Kelsey dump Taylor Swift? Starting to kind of, I'm starting to get Yoko Ono vibes. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Yep. I really am. Telling you what, 
They'll break up a band. <laughs> Women. <laughs> They'll break up the band. They'll break up the band. I'm telling you, it's time for Travis Kelsey to quit being so selfish uh, and dump that girl. All, all, all the, the controversy over the call aside, there there are some issues going on with Kansas City. They're, hmm. They do not look right. No. So is this just a... A spell they're going through, or are they in real trouble? No, they're, trouble? In, they're in real trouble because, you know, I mean, there's one guy that I think Mahomes really trusts, and, and that diet guy is Kelsey, although Rice is a guy that I think he's developing trust with too. But, I, you know, I saw pressure by the Bills. I saw sacks. I saw, like, like things that Mahomes could always get out of. They're not, they're not getting out of it. Why? Because they're not getting open down the field as as easily as they used to get open down the field. So there's less options when you do scramble, when things do break down to move around and, you know, make a play. And so yeah, I think those things are I think those things are legitimate. I think those things are real. And, you know, right now they're struggling a little bit. So a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Miami and Dallas as being kind of the mirror images of each other in the NFC mm-hmm. AFC. Two teams that have shown that they can beat up on the weak sisters, but still questions about whether yeah. or not that they can really deliver in the big games, kind of the mirror opposites of each other. Is Green Bay and Buffalo the mirror images in the NFC, AFC, as far as if they get in to the playoffs, sure. they become really dangerous. You know, the the wild card team that maybe nobody wants to right. play. Yeah. Did Buffalo just prove that with this performance? Yeah, and I think there's, I think there is not only are, are the Buffalo Bills super talented. We've said from day one that it just seems to be something that felt like it was wrong with Buffalo. Um, but if you can rally and you can put together, string together wins late and have momentum rolling into the playoffs, you become a very dangerous football team. And you're going to roll in there as a wild card too. So you're going to have to roll in as a wild card and. Just stay right on your playoff, you know, push. Um, and that can be a very, you know, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to win a Super Bowl as a wild card. And, you know, you get playing good at the end of the season, man. It's almost like we don't want the bye. We don't want that bye. We just want to keep on rolling. Right. And you get that us against the world mentality because, you know, more often than not, you got to go on the road to, you know, to play these games at least the divisional and the and the championship game, you had to go on the road. I know here in Denver we played one at home, wild card weekend at home, and then we, you know, went on the road to Kansas City, to Pittsburgh. And um and you know, so those are those are things where you have that momentum and you're playing you know, you're playing for your life every single weekend. So by the time you get to the playoffs, it feels normal to be playing for your life. Mm-hmm. Right? That you know, hey man, we drop one, we're most likely out. If, if that's how you've been playing. If you're Denver, if you're Green Bay, if you're you know, if you're the Bills, that's how you're playing right now every single weekend. Not not the Bills early in the season, but when they dropped all those games, you know that that's so that's the, your your mindset just changes and you become comfortable in that mindset. Two words, <clears throat> Joe Flacco. What the heck's happening here? Dude's slinging it around. Yeah, he's- Joe Flacco can play in the right, in the right. Like it's you want to talk about the confluence of like the the perfect storm. You've got a standard old school West Coast. Let's get into two backs. Let's play with a fullback. Let's play with multiple tight ends. 
Let's condense formations. Let's run the football. Let's set up our hard play action. When we turn our back to the defense, then we pop back up, and we've got some one-on-one stuff, single high safety stuff. Like, it's this perfect confluence of scheme with old-school quarterback meshing together, and they fit perfectly. And Joe Flacco, arm talent-wise, has never been a question. Joe can throw it. Um, But it's just, you know, it's almost this morphing of the new offensive, uh, the new offensive. I almost went total Nick Sirianni. Yeah. S- 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 We're gonna s- have s- system, s- systems um, where it's you know all this shotgun, all this no huddle, all this no back empty, all this you know zone read stuff. That Flacco, frankly, that's not who he is. So you've got Kevin Stefanski has put together an old school run first. Hard nose, you know. We play, we play out of base. Like back in the day, in my day, everything, like everything, was out of base, right? It was it was you had a fullback, you had a tailback, you had a tight end, and you had two wideouts, right? Base, base, base. Every now and again, you go tiger, tiger, tiger is two tight ends and one back, you know. <laughs> and so you you would switch that. Very rarely did you go did you go zebra, zebra, which was nickel, which was three wide receivers, yeah. one tight end, one back. But, you know, Zebra was only, like, you only got into Zebra on third down and seven plus. Like, you were hoping never to get into Zebra. Now the whole game is played out of Zebra, right? And so. What's um, four wideouts out there? What's uh, that? Well, five was Cinco. Cinco. Five was Cinco. So how do you Cinco. go from Zebra four. to. Yeah, what do we call four? What about four? What do we call four? Panda? Four wideouts. Jaguar? Right? Yeah. yeah. Leopard? Puma. Z- Puma, Puma, Puma. I don't, I don't remember what, what four was. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who needs Joe Burrow? Who needs Joe Burrow when you got Jake Browning? Three starts, won the last two. He's averaging 285 yards passing per game, completing 75 percent of his passes, and the last two wins, four touchdowns and two picks. Yeah. Since, since he's hot again, right? Just, now all of a sudden, maybe they need to go into that conversation about wild card teams that you're going to be yeah worried about playing. Yeah, well, right now they're playing great. And I've told you, man, I really like them defensively. I think they can pressure the quarterback. They play. They're very. Uh, they're very multiple in the way they play. They do a lot of different things. Uh, give you a lot of different looks. Um, but they're really good about being sound in all those different things that they play. Uh, Lou Anarumo is, I think, is a really good coordinator. Um, and so, yeah, and then they're running the football a little bit more effectively. They're making big plays in the passing game. They did that yesterday once again. Um, yeah, he, he's playing really playing really good football. And I think they're doing, I mean, I'll tell you what, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're another one of those teams that is just going to keep pushing here and probably be a wild card berth. Finally, yeah. Every week, it seems like in the NFL, we get a result that just leaves us scratching our heads, right? Okay. How do you explain Houston and the Jets? Well, you know, we had the benefit of watching Houston beat the Broncos, and there were so many points left on the board last week. I mean, from Russell Wilson not finding wide-open receivers to not getting off of reads, um, there were so many big plays left on the football field 
And you're like, if you could just execute these big plays at the quarterback position, got like legitimately walked out of that game or walked away from that game studying the coaches tape going, they left. They should have scored minimum. Denver should have scored minimum 35 to 40 points in that game. There were so many holes on that defense in the passing game. And the Jets exploited it. The, the Jets took advantage of those same things that happened. Now, obviously, they knocked out the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, he, he was he had to leave the game. Um, so that never helps you. But, yeah, I think, I think Houston, um, I think at the very least, you know, you can say whatever you want about the Houston Texans, and they've had an unbelievable season. But I think that defense was exposed in that Denver game. And then when you get the fact that, you know, your quarterback is playing at such a high level, making so many plays, you know, not only the big plays he makes in the passing game, scrambling around, making some, a few big plays that way too, but the plays he chooses to throw the ball away. Those things are big. Those things are big time decisions that most, I mean, most veteran quarterbacks struggle with that stuff. And he has been, he's been great. So, um, yeah, I think there's some holes in the passing game of the Houston Texans defense. Uh, I think that Denver wasn't able to take advantage of it because I just think of a lot of poor decisions and poor throws. Um, and the Jets and Zach Wilson, it, he made those throws. And there are hundreds of thousands of moms who called in sick to work today after that big victory by Zach Wilson. They uh, they couldn't make it in. They could not. Exhausted. Exhausted. Absolutely. By the way, fist bump. 3-0, both of us, with mm. our uh, picks last week. Yeah, we did not do a second podcast like we normally yeah. do, but you and I got together and made our picks anyhow. Yep. Uh, we will reveal them um, on uh, on the next podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, – Nice job. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank so you. That you, you maintain, makes us you a maintain, little bit – My half-game lead. Your half-game lead, man. It's the all-important all important loss all call. Important. I keep you, telling you about the loss me call. about the loss call. I have. Yeah. I have. Uh, Hey, stay tuned next week because we'll put down another podcast, week 15, kind of preview the games, talk a little bit about what's going on in the league as well. Also, we'll do our leftovers podcast uh, a little later in the week as well as I just called Chicago at Detroit. And Chicago, hey, don't look now or don't speak now, but Chicago's another one of those teams that they really feel like they can win out. And if they can win out, maybe save Matt Eberflus's job, maybe save uh, – you know, maybe they decide not to go away from Justin Fields. I don't know. There's a lot that's of stuff going on. That's a question I can't wait to ask you after being around the Bears because that's yeah, that's a question that not only Bears fans want to know the answer to. I think a lot of NFL fans are curious. What's the future hold right. for Justin Fields, especially if the Bears are going to have that number one overall pick? Yeah, it'll be really, really interesting. So we'll cover all that stuff coming up uh, here later on in the week. Hey, for everybody listening to the Stinker Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Chiefs fans. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! That was hilarious. Oh. And, uh, and until uh, later on in the week, man, we will talk to you then. Thank you.